Action Park Media. All right, welcome back. Another episode of Victory, the podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! Listen to that. A whole field of crickets, it sounds like. Overlapping crickets. Irish crickets all around. This room is getting big. So what we got going on today is kind of part of our contractual obligations is to spread the love to the Action Park Media family. So we have two new stars of the Action Park Media family. We got Robbie Berger of the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Yeah. Yep. And Sophie Julia of the Home Team Show. Home Team Podcast, bro. The Home Team Get podcast. it right, though. This, is, this was a contractually obligated guest appearance. You didn't want, you didn't want us to <laughs> no, come in we here? I know that I've been asking for weeks, but he says, I'll tell you when you're ready, meaning me, when I was ready for you guys. So, <laughs> Kyle, I don't think you realize how strict this guy is behind the scenes. Well, yeah, like you he, don't control mm, that stuff. He kind of plays <laughs> it like he's this Mr. Nice guy. He's not all that nice. Did he tell you the morning of, or did you get weak notice on him? I got no notice. I just... I got no notice. To be honest with you, I didn't know what was happening. I Guess saw what? people coming in. I found out when I got to work, and I don't normally wear makeup to work. I don't get cute for work. I just decided this morning, maybe I'll put a little makeup on, try a little bit today. Had no clue. Came to the studio. What a godsend that I got that feeling this morning, because I would have been like, no, I don't want to go on camera. All right. Well, you're looking good. You got the suspenders going. I like it. The suspenders. I wish wish Robbie would have made himself up as much as you, but... I do too, Doug, to be quite frank. (laughs) First of all, Robbie and I, uh, we got to hang out in... uh, Where'd we go? Santa Fe, New Mexico. We went to Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is the only time I've slept out of my house in the last eight months during this pandemic. <laughs> and you but, were having a good time. Yeah, we had a great time. Robbie got like his friends. We got Jack Arnold and Tyler Cameron to come. So which, yeah, that was great. Having Tyler there, I had to listen to my girlfriend tell me how good looking he was for the following yeah. three weeks. Yeah, you, you, the four of you at the table, though, it was it was a good table. It was a great table. Yeah. So table. I thought you were going to say something else. Maybe it was him that sent the steaks. <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody knows what we're talking about. It's a different episode. But some steaks showed up at the office. Connolly's miserable that someone sent Not us all miserable, steaks. miserable, but like there's a bunch of wet, floppy steaks. <laughs> there's that three boxes of steaks. frozen. I well, will be taking them home. Well, by the way, if Action Park Media was running on a Saturday and Sunday, we all would have we had were great Wait, for the record, we were here all day Saturday. So what happened? They're not going to open boxes addressed to you, Doug. Unless you want us to open your mail. You can open anything that comes here. I don't tell people to send shit here. It's coming. People (laughs) are fans of the show. Send it. I'll take it. You guys, everyone now, send Sophie and Robbie Berger some shit now. So it's not just us. I'll take anything. (laughs) Me too. Robbie, tell us about your podcast. What's going on on this thing? Yeah, so it's called The Brilliant Dumb Show. Uh, Mix of of comedy and, and sports. And then we're also going out. We do a lot of golfing. A lot of golf. We tennis. did a little yesterday, huh, bro? Oh, geez, How fun that. was that? Thanks I mean, for the invite. You, you bring oh, Dylan. Doug, you had the invite. trying to get you back in the golf. You just didn't feel like caddying. <laughs> <laughs> you get, I mean, you get Kevin Dillon out on the golf course from uh, what you can get content wise. And <laughs> we've had you guys on the show and that's how kind of, you know, we all met. And one of my favorite shows that we've done, not just saying that because you guys are sitting here right now, but we've had a ball and then it meshed to me, you know, kind of coming here and then. Get Dylan out on the golf course, and it. It's I wore just... my loudmouth pants, my John Daly loudmouth pants. They Wait, were quick question. so nasty. Who's, I love them. Who's the best golfer out of you? Oh, please, you oh, K- please. K- I'm not a golfer. <laughs> K- you are? I didn't yes. grow. I didn't grow up rich like these guys. I'm not a golfer. <laughs> yeah, and you golf every weekend though. You would think I would be better. He, than he's I coming am. around. He's yeah. coming around. I actually straightened you out. I felt like you I did. had you hitting the ball great. You did because you were you were lining up a little bit to the right. Yeah, well, you know what? We played with a uh, one of the head pros there, 
and great guy, but Dylan was playing really good, and then he tried to give him some advice. Not on a good his, move. The pro? Not a good, yeah, it's just not a, Look, he, he knows what he's doing, but you just don't mess with Dylan when he's in the No, zone. no, no, no. <laughs> no, but to be honest with you, I love his advice, but one thing I am is really good at the flop shot, and he was trying to tell me, uh, play it up front a little bit more. I was like, I got this, bro. I got this. And I, yeah, he called I knocked it. I got up and down from right. Yeah, I knocked Kevin, it about we, five we, feet. We talked about pin. this. There's a time and a place for golf tips. And it's not when you're standing over the ball. Yeah. Unless, right? you, unless you want that. All right. You if know, you ask I mean, this for guy it. is is a good pro, you know, he's, if you ask for it, if you ask for yeah, it, if you don't ask for like it. I, when we were playing, Kevin, I was like, let me know if you want any tips. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Well, right. Doug, you would have loved it, too. Like Kevin was teaching. We went out with with Kevin Dillon, Kevin Connolly. Kevin's teaching Connolly how to hit the flop shot and just seeing them in the cart together and watching him trying to instruct them. Do we have them. footage of this? Oh, we do. I'll send it right your way. Oh, nice. How are nice. we not posting this? Because I would love to see Connolly oh, and Dylan. I got it coming right your way. It was phenomenal. Nice. I mean, it's been 15 years since Connolly, Dylan, and I were on a golf course together with Wayne Gretzky. And uh, yeah. Connolly put a ball in from 130 yards and it, it ruined my whole day. <laughs> It's a true story. It's just a magic stroke I got. I mean, the whole thing was like this unbelievable day. And then Dylan, who showed up like, hello, Mr. Gretzky. It's so nice to meet you. After three margaritas, he's slapping Wayne on the back. He's like, bro, slapping his ass. Let's go, Wayne. Well, we both shot. uh, He shot a 77 that day, and I shot a 78. Didn't, we were both you, on fire. Didn't you guys trade blows at, at Mastro's after you and Connolly, Connolly and I? Yeah. yeah, there was no trading of blows. There was no trading of blows. It was I, a, I salt. You lifted I, him off the ground by the throat, throat. From his thick neck. <laughs> but uh, all violence right. is never the answer, bro. You know this. <laughs> I heard you met Brooks. I did. Yeah, Brooks Kepko. What a great guy. Yeah. Sophie is yeah. friends with Brooks's girlfriend and Brooks. Bro- Brooks and Jenna. I'm friends. You know, so we had Jenna Sims, Brooks's girlfriend, on she our was podcast. On Entourage. Oh, she was? Yeah. She was on a home team as well. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I'm good friends with Jenna. I'm good friends with Brooks. I spent New Year's with them. I was at their house in Jupiter. What a great guy. All right, great so here's guy. a question. And he's a big entourage fan. He wants. He said he would do the but podcast. Can, so. Sophie, can you close that? Is it possible? I could call him. So I reached, we exchanged numbers. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I reached out to Jenna. Yeah. Um, she said she would ask him when he got off the course. That was in the morning. I bet right. by the time he came home, she Wait, forgot. what are we talking about? Getting Brooks onto the on podcast? On to We'll get Brooks on the podcast. Here's my bigger question. Dylan, you're playing golf with Brooks Kepka. I didn't you're play your... with him. No, he's okay. watching. No, no, no. Right. I'm giving a, a okay, painting. Okay, scenario. I'm painting a scene. You're playing golf with Brooks Kepka, one of the best golfers in the world, if not the best golfer in the world. Certainly top five. Okay. You're in your backswing. Brooks Kepka wants to give you some advice. Do you get <laughs> pissed it. off or not? No. No. Okay. I take it. What if it's okay. during a flop shot? <laughs> I, I say, uh, uh, tell me after I hit this five feet from the pin. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that Dylan Brooks Kepka can say whatever he wants. Yes, right? he can. It's different. Yes, he can. So he's someone uh, who's better at, way better at golf. Yes. Can give you a, yeah. He's one of the best in the world. Right. Correct. That's yeah, like not. when I would give Dylan an acting note, he knows to take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sophie, what's your podcast about? So, Home Team, we give dating advice, sex. We kind of dip our toe into it. We're not raunchy. We don't tell experiences in that world, but we kind of are trying to increase the success rate for young guys and girls with sliding in the DMs and first date attire and what happens if you 
get excited a little too quickly and how you should handle yourself in those situations. Dylan has that problem during the podcast. <laughs> oh, I just had it right now. <laughs> so, and uh, our best episodes are actually when we cross over with Brilliantly Dumb, when we cross over with Robbie, we went on a Friday. He brought on this guy, Jersey Jerry, who's now with Action Park. And uh, Jersey Jerry has an extreme foot fetish. And I am, I am disgusted by feet. Like You ever feet, seen Connolly's feet? Ew, I, I don't want nice to. Feet, don't. Yeah, I, I, I just feet. asked if she ever saw him. I didn't comment on him. He's feet, a foot By the way, I know Connolly 20 years. I'm not 100% sure I've seen his feet. I wasn't. I've why do you get defensive? Because you get pedicures on the set. <laughs> he looks like a hobbit. He's got giant hairy feet. By the way, wait, Connolly. You he didn't get a pedicure on the set in front of a million I, people? I did one time for some weird reason. Why? Because I don't even get pedicures. But there was, I, I think I had a problem, lunch. though. I think there was a surgical issue. Oh, God. You had, like, you had, like, cotton between your toes. <laughs> guys, guys, I'm like... going to get sick. But, Sophie, just so you see the relationship between Connolly, I just asked if you ever saw Connolly's feet. The next thing you know, and he's he attacking me. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> put your feet out in public. I, I don't like, love my feet. I, I don't say, love my feet. I hate feet. But, yeah, we went on his show. It was an absolute, it was a shit show. I so, mean. <laughs> well, here's an advice question I have, because we discussed this on our last episode. Connolly and Dylan have attractive girlfriends. I don't want to say hot, but they're pretty hot. Um, okay. They are hot. Call my girlfriend hot, bro. I'll come so, in there. So the question Zula is... is hot. Can I say that? So is Amy Mae Music. So is Sarah Sanders. Sure. I love that, if Doug. They, by the way, Doug, we know you by your Instagram. I know, I <laughs> my question for you is, if your friends, your good friends, who are also business associates, have beautiful girlfriends who post pretty provocative photos. Are you supposed to like them? Is that... Ooh, that's is an it, excellent is it wrong, question. Is it wrong for Doug to like Zulai, a photo of Zulai in a bikini? Oh, my well, I'm God. I'm going to say okay. no. Is I'm, it wrong to put no. that emoji with the tongue hanging out? Okay, okay, no that's, comments. That's no crazy. comments. I'll comments. Okay, <laughs> comments. I would say comments are 100% off limits. It's tough because, yeah, it's a little weird. I think when it's your friend's girlfriend or someone close in your life, like me, I like everyone's posts if I'm in your life. Yeah. And I just want to support you and everyone wants the likes. Yeah. But your friend's girlfriend in a bikini, maybe you can skip over that one. But if someone gets mad that you did it, Men mindlessly scroll. You scroll, tap, scroll, tap. Oh, that's my friend. I like it. I like it. You're not zooming in, making weird comments if it's your friend's girlfriend yeah. or wife. Doug's I, a zoomer. Yeah, I do. I have. <laughs> How do we know if he's zooming or not? So, Listen, I've zoomed on both your girlfriends. I don't want to be what? an asshole. I just, I did it. All right. I confess. Yeah, let's I take this guy outside, huh? What would you do, Dill? I send Amy Mae music, it, shows you a message from Doug Allen on DMs that says, you looked incredibly hot in those photos today. Do you call me up? Do you do you tell no, I laugh at it. Right. I think it's I, I think it's hilarious. I love all the responses. By the way, you got a nice blue check on. You got to help out with her, you know. It's all good, <laughs> right? I, I, I think you would it's laugh. It's good too. for her business. It's I just want her. everyone to be clear now. I'm going to like every single picture yes. Amy Mae Music and Zulai put up now. If My, there was a picture of Zulai in a bikini and you liked the picture because it was you, I wouldn't think anything of it. There are friends that I might scratch my head at. I, I wouldn't worry about it, nor would I worry about it with Dylan. Yeah. There's well, some I'm going to do it with Sarah. I'm going to do the. I'm going to do with the emoji with the unicorn. I mean, listen. I think yes. my girlfriend is is gorgeous, <laughs> but she doesn't. She doesn't post provocative stuff. Eggplant. But that <laughs> like, not you're like not to brag, but <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a beautiful girl, but she doesn't post like crazy sexual like Amy May music. I mean, there's there's bikinis that are almost not visible. So I'm like, you know, and I do. I'm being serious. I'm not making fun of her. She's a beautiful girl, but I kind of like. I'm like, it's Dylan's girlfriend. So I'm like. 
I'm looking away while I'm liking this stuff. What do you so. think, Robbie? Robbie's got a, a beautiful girl that will probably outgolf all of you. Yeah. Really. How would you feel can, if you looked at her last 10 pictures and Doug Ellen like Doug Ellen? You know like, what? In all honesty, I would agree with Sophie. The comment, I think, is when it would go overboard. Right. A like, you like a way it's showing support for her. Yeah. As soon as that comment comes, by the way, you got the blue check mark too, which you're going to be the first ones to pop up to where <laughs> yeah, they're going to see that, so that, that blue check would be dangerous for you, Doug. Yeah. Is it worth it to play a joke on the ladies right now? And like, I don't care. However you want to no, do it. No, I don't want to get involved. In <laughs> but Dylan, if I just start, emotional. if I get Sarah Sanderson to clear this, but I start posting on Amy Mae Music's thing and I start saying, Pretty wow. Okay. Incredible pick. Fire, and then like I wouldn't buddy. hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing nothing that graphic, but like what's your work or what's your workout regimen? Like I wouldn't hesitate. No, do the fire emoji. You've been doing squats. <laughs> I can tell. That, that, that blue check mark. Would she appreciate the comment or would she call you and be like, what the fuck? She would laugh. I think she would laugh. Dylan, that. by the yeah, way, that's I mean, the funniest thing I ever heard. She if would you, say, what's up with this? If you posted on some one of your friend's girl's page, have you been doing squats at shows? <laughs> that is... No, if Dylan posted on Zulai's, uh, on Zulai's page, I wouldn't hesitate. Yeah, I would... Oh, no, Dylan, dial it down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but to be fair, like, I mean... I would hesitate. So many people are like, have your password. You could blame it on that. I, asked, I said it's something true. to Naro today. I said, if I ever get in trouble on Instagram, I'm... I'm calling hacked. I'm going to say <laughs> I was hacked. Like if you ever, you can always play the hacked card. If something bad happens to you on Instagram. I mean, I don't think people buy it though. You know, I you mean, can, uh, you can just, well, you can most just people, roll with it. I do have a lot of people have my pass, password. Yeah, so all you guys people have, have Dylan's password. Yeah. He's Speaking like, you want my blue check marks? We got to get Robbie Burger a blue check mark. What well, about yeah. Julia? I'm in the room too. Oh, do you not have one either? No. And by Only the way, Amy Mae Music needs a blue check. Well, Robbie, how many followers do you have? 135,000 with no blue That's check. Crazy. With no blue check. What's up with but that? But it all comes down to it comes down to press. And I think, you know, we're hanging out with Tyler Cameron in New Mexico. I'm with you guys. I'm going golfing with Kevin Dillon. Now you got to think. I mean, I, I put everything on the table. The Can I tell you yet. what the problem is? Yeah. Is that what about Con- Sophie too? Connolly. Connolly did something to, to we're, we're Instagram. Banned. We're shadow banned. I'm from telling the you, anyone check. at Action Park, we might wake up and see the victory page has had the blue check taken <laughs> away. From I mean, oh my God, Doug, you would you would have a heart attack. You I heart attack. I mean, I would not be happy. I worked hard for that page. You, I mean, you do work hard. Sophie for Sophie Julia comes from Barstool. Worked in the business. She's got a strong following. She's a heavy presence on Instagram. How do you not? I'm have verified a blue check on Twitter. But I'm not verified on Instagram. And now, can be, you parlay the verification on Twitter and say to Instagram, yo, what's up? When was the last really time can. you guys both tried? Oh, I was Are going you? every month at it. I mean, I was taking stabs at it once a month. As soon as they allow you to, to fire it back. The thing that's concerning to me is, and not to get you riled up, Doug, but if Action Park Media doesn't have the blue check mark, I'm concerned that I'm not going to get the blue check. Oh, boy. It's actually insane. Get- that It's insane that Action Park is not verified. It's and terrible. I think that Instagram, like, I think there's a department there that that it's, listen. Let's it's not like, trash Instagram, okay? We want to trash HBO, but not Instagram. Right? I, I just think it's I think it's more personal than Twitter. Big things are happening for Action Park Media. I think this uh, this short film festival is going to get us all this blue check mark, and we got Andrew Whitworth who does have a blue check mark. All pro for the Los Angeles Rams coming up, and uh, I'm excited about this. So, yeah, me too. Uh, 
So, but you guys, everyone check out the Brilliantly Dumb Show and the Home Team Podcast from... Two rising Action Park media stars. Right? Oh, yeah. And they, oh, yeah. I can verify that they're real people, even though Connolly cannot get them blue checks. <laughs> All right. We'll Appreciate be back. you guys having us on. Thank we'll be back. You. Back from the break. All right. Welcome back, Victor, the podcast. I'm very excited because we have an all-pro Los Angeles Ram, who I'm a big fan of, not just for his work on the field, but all the amazing stuff he does off the field, which Connolly and Dylan could take some lessons from. Anyway, <laughs> you're right. You're Andrew right. Whitworth, what's happening? What's, what's up, bro? man? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Louisiana native. You know, I went to Tulane. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I went to Tulane. We weren't much of a, uh, a battle for you, although after I left, we got good for a minute. We got Mac Brown and Sean King and almost won a national championship. And, and I'm a deputy in Abbeville, Louisiana. I don't know if you've ever been there. All right. I, be, I was deputized. Hey, there. hey Dylan. Was, they deputized everyone. Dylan, there, I was going to say, I think I am deputized as well. <laughs> I was going to say, if you weren't, I would, I would put, I would arrest you so quick. I would let you anywhere near Abbeville. I'm talking about police reform. I mean, Jesus Christ, you two with badges is just scary. So it's like, you know, that's the deep South. Like Elvis Presley had a badge. From yeah. Every there's, town. there's not much, not much of those badges are doing there down there. I can promise you that yeah. a couple of buddies from new Orleans in school and uh, they got, they got away with basically everything. Yeah. So nice. do you still go back to New Orleans a lot or Louisiana? Or? I go back to Louisiana a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm from there. My wife is originally from there, too. And so we go back a lot for that. And then, you know, we'll, we'll try to catch a game in Baton Rouge, obviously, from playing at LSU. Uh, you got to get down oh, there every nice. now and then. Right. Yeah. And so what's your plan? You're coming back. I mean, Andrew, for anyone who doesn't know, had a pretty, I mean, a very serious injury last year, which I, I think you're pretty much in my opinion, the key to the Rams offense. I really do. And nobody thought you were coming back. And then all of a sudden you came back. So what, like, what was that experience? Did you think you were coming back? Man, it was crazy. It's the first time I've ever had like a significant injury like that on the field, tore my PCL and MCL completely. And, um, you know, it's, it's that feeling, you knew it's the last half of the season. You also know, uh, you're 15 years in the NFL. Uh, that might be it, but, uh, you know what, it was a grind and, and all that, the goal was to get back for the playoffs and in seven and a half weeks, I was able to do it. And uh, yeah, it, it was kind so of blew me away, blew everyone tore away. Tore it completely, so it was separated. Yeah, so the MCL and PCL though will actually uh, repair themselves. So wow. that's ACL is the only one you have to truly go in there and do surgery if it tears. Yeah. The others can heal, and so they healed enough that I thought I was good enough to play, and and nice. we went for it. So nice, Andrew. Also, too, I mean, think we're just watching the Super Bowl. I think even the, I mean, I always have, but I think the common fan now understands the importance of the offensive line after oh, what yeah. we saw in the Super Bowl. Well, I wanted right? to discuss yeah. that because. It was weird how a lot of people kind of went after Mahomes after that game, which I thought was absurd. I mean, he was running like it was a high school game. So what, I mean, do you think you could have made a big difference if you were there? There's no question. I mean, oh, yeah. I said that leading into the week when I would do things talking about the Super Bowl. I was like, man, the, the thing people keep not talking about is Mahomes is really special. But yeah. the reality is he lost his right tackle in the middle of the year, who's a yeah. tremendous player in Mitchell Swartz. And then when you lose your other tackle, now you're talking about multiple guys and multiple playing positions they didn't plan on playing that season yeah. uh, against a team that that was their two best spots. Their edge rushers and Shaq Barrett and, and Jason Pierre-Paul are their, mm -hmm. their best defensive players on the edge. And so... Uh, that was going to be a really tough one for them to overcome. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't believe it. And J and and JPP, who obviously was a giant, I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. And and now, I mean, have you? I'm trying to think. Have you played against him since the accident, which JPP had a uh, fireworks accident where he lost. 
two fingers, and he's still one of the best defensive players in the league, yeah. which is unbelievable. He did, yeah. I got to play him. I think his last year in New York. You know, obviously, uh, I, I uh, in free agency came out here to the Rams in seventeen, but the Giants were a team that I really wanted to go to. So um, I, I looked forward to that matchup when I finally got a chance to play him. I was so sure. bummed out when you signed with the uh, Rams. I wanted you bad. Eli might have had a longer career if you came with us. I think that's know? why you didn't go there because that was smart. We didn't want Eli to have a longer career, but Eli had his, uh, Eli's well, career was just fine. Eli's cry me a river yeah. for Eli's career. No, so but it's if, not if about he had his, an offensive line. He could have gone a little bit further. Yeah, I don't know about that. But anyway, I mean, at that time, I remember when that year was happening, there was some slight behind the scenes talk that I knew about, about Russell Wilson going to the Giants. I know he oh, really? wanted I to. I never heard that. He, well, I spoke to him on the He's phone. He's going to the yeah, Jets. Yeah, I was about to say, he must have been working that deal because I didn't hear about <laughs> yeah. it either. But, but Russell way, Wilson is going to the Jets. You heard it here first. Uh, really? Well, I don't know about that. But I want to know, Andrew, you're coming back. You're going to play again. And obviously, we got to ask you, you know, Stafford gets traded for Goff. And you're pretty, I think you're pretty good friends with Goff, right? Yeah. So that's obviously got to be tough. But text him. <laughs> but what's your thoughts on that now? Uh, you know, it's it's it was a tough process. I mean, obviously, with Jared being somebody that I've had an opportunity to help in his career and, and be around for him, um, those things happen that suddenly like that. They're tough. I mean, it was kind of one of those things that uh, I think you, you look at how fast it happened from when the season ended. Um, I don't think any players or anyone was expecting any kind of information like that that fast. Usually things happen a month or a month and a half after the season. And for it to happen that quick, I think, was shocking for him and for everyone around him. And um, all of us were kind of blown away for a week or so. But you're also, you know what a great player Stafford is, and you're excited about that, you know, professionally. But as a person, man, it's just tough. I mean, that part of the business, uh, it's it's what I spend the last 15 years of my career really with young guys just getting them to understand, man, that you're playing a business now. This isn't high school football. It's not college football. Uh, there's going to be tough moments. You're going to lose best friends. You're going to lose people you thought were close to, you looked up to. They're going to get cut. They're going to get released. They're going to get traded. Uh, it's part of the game, and it's just uh, it's part of what we do. And how, how long more do you think you're going to play? Obviously, Brady, I mean, I, I posted on Instagram two years ago this really nice, touching goodbye to Brady. And, like, watching this is mind-boggling to me, you know? So you were part of the inspirational video he posted the other day of the people that didn't believe in him, <laughs> I mean, right? I did not believe in him at all. I just thought, which I think with you also, I, I'm a guy who wishes he could have played professional sports, but football was the one game that I'm like, you know what? If I could win a few Super Bowls, I'm not going to I'm not gonna stay there. I know you're looking for that one, but... How long do you want to do this and how bad is it on your body at all times? I mean, it's obviously really tough, but uh, I've got an opportunity. If I play one more season, you know, next year, uh, I'll turn 40 and uh, it'd be the first time in I think quite some time that a, that a guy's played offensive line at 40 years old. And wow. so uh, it was a goal I set out with a couple of years ago and and uh, now we're this close. So I want to give it a try and see if I can do it. And, and I feel pretty good. And, uh, and you know, I saw something where you, you don't actually, your weight doesn't fluctuate, right? You don't lose the weight during the off season and pack it back on right before the season, right? You just try and stay the same, right? Yeah, I try to stay really active. So I, I almost want my off seasons to be very similar to the season. So, nice. um, you know, it, whether it's golf, workouts, all those things, I just, I'm, I'm somebody that really, I, I don't sit down and, and do much couch time. I try to be on my feet all the time and, nice. and really just kind of stay in that rhythm. And mm-hmm. so for me, that's really how it's been. And that's why I know, like, kind of, I, I, I know that I can keep playing because it's like, I don't really change much. And the moment I'm, I have to take away that activity. I know it's like, Hey man, all right, it's probably time to stop. And so well, a lot of guys close. just pack 
back on a lot of weight right before the season. Well, hop on that couch and uh, they oh, eat. Yeah. And, and, oh, uh, that's true. Then. Yeah, they hop on the couch, they eat, they do everything else and kind of get out of shape. And then they have to recondition themselves, get ready for football. And, you know, just that, that high-low of all that can be stressful on you. And so yeah. I try and eliminate that part from the body, you know, try and stay Smart. static all the time. But also, too, don't at, at a certain point, don't you have to shut it down and rest your body after a long season? Don't you yeah, but spend I mean, a little time on the couch? Yeah, I think it's more, um, I think people think of like rest as like sitting on the couch. To me, it's like I can fluctuate how I'm training. So uh, it may be just mobility work. It may just be, you know, not necessarily redlining it all the time. You know, like a lot of times you hear in, in sports training now, it's like, you know, the green, yellow, and red lines. And it's like, you know, how how strenuous strenuous are things really actually that you're doing? So for me, it may be part of the year I'm just getting a sweat. But I'm yeah. not really like exerting myself, you know, and then there's times where you're kind of pushing it. And as you get closer to football, you got to be redlining it some to get used to this, the activity you're going to well, be going it's through. It's interesting. Maybe you can help Dylan out. He did 60 push-ups in here the other day and he couldn't walk for four days. It was so. 50. It was 50. Doug, listen, you well, yeah, I was one sore. Game of, Doug plays one game of pickleball and he scratches his balls for an entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Andrew played some tennis. We're going to get him on the pickleball court, which will be I'm ready. Nice. I, mean, I can't wait. Time, What's your you golf handicap, Andrew? Uh, I'm, a, I'm probably a four or five index. I'm like, wow, nice, nice. Yeah. And you hit the big ball. You like oh, to go yeah. deep, huh? I do. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got a golf problem. As I say, I'm one of those people that, uh, I, you know, my wife doesn't like me to go on trips because I end up joining the club that I go play. You know? it's <laughs> like, I, I get talked into yeah. it all the time. I, I, I bite the cheese every time. Dylan has this golf problem. If you talk during his backswing, he'll go after you, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do if Andrew gives you, you say tip? anything he wants? <laughs> That's right. I'm like the favorite member guest guy. They're like, Hey man, let me invite you just so you can kind of stand on the tee box with people and intimidate them a little bit. You'd be good in a scramble with that 340-yard drive. I can't believe you're a four. That's unfucking. How far do you hit the the driver? Um, you know what? I would say probably in the, the 330, 340 range. Oh, I mean, if I'm hitting it, you know, if it's if it's square in the face. But I mean, I, I got a lot of a uh, lot of help with size and length and everything else that uh, helps you hit it far. So yeah. doesn't mean it's always going the right direction. All right, so I want to jump off of sports a little bit. Obviously, you know, you're our first sports guest, and we're trying to branch out so that, that Dylan and Connolly can have careers other than just talking about entourage. But I do want to I, I do want to talk A a little bit about entourage and B You just said to jerk. <laughs> what a just a, a jerk comment right there. <laughs> Angie, you have no idea how this kid picks on me all fucking day. I have to put up with it. But so as far as, as you go, a lot of the stuff with ball tugger. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. A lot of stuff with Entourage was a, a lot of athletes related to it because they had similar experiences. And I, I, I honestly don't know about yours with friends growing up. Um, but did you have any guys that you kind of came up with that kind of stayed with you or any of that stuff? And I don't mean live with you, but kind of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody, uh, Entourage for Athletes was just like, you know, it, it was such a huge deal. I mean, I remember when I was in Cincinnati, I mean, we used to get together on Sunday nights just to watch it together. Some of the guys on the team and, and different groups and talk about our different buddies and and uh, who was who, right? Like, you always want to label like, well, you know, you're, you're Vince. No, you're E. No, you're, you're drama, whatever. Like, it's like, you know, and, it's, you know, and every group had a turtle, you know? And so it's like, no, no, you're a turtle for sure, you know? And so yeah. it's like, I think that was like the coolest thing to sit around and talk to guys and, and then... You know, guys fight for which which person they were on the show, you know, right. who they represented. I think for athletes, we I think it just resonated so much with just the the only not only really the show and the characters, but the journey, you know. And so I think as an athletes coming out of college, getting drafted, uh, where you start that journey, really, I think everybody can can understand. And did you have any friends that you grew up with who were that you played with who didn't 
weren't able to make it to your level that kind of still hang around at all? Or is that? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's, uh, it's different buddies that, uh, maybe they, they stopped in high school and, and then, you know, I had a couple that try to walk on in college, but that was about as far as they got, you know, and then now obviously you're still really close with them. They still, uh, I, I got, I get texts, you know, all the time on Sundays, they'd be like, Hey man, like, I honestly can't believe that you're putting shoulder pads on today. Like, what are you doing <laughs> with your life? Like, you know, yeah. they're like, man, I put on shoulder pads 20 years ago in high school football, you know, and you're still going to wear a helmet in the shoulder pads today. Like, you know, you need to grow up at some point, <laughs> you know, and, and then I'm sitting there like, man, I'm 38. This is like, a terrible idea to be playing football game right now. So you're not helping me at all in this moment <laughs> talking to me about this. But that, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's everyone has those buddies, and and uh, it's it's fun that the show kind of gives it that that really atmosphere of that group such a special bond, and I think it it helps people pull together, even realize how much that your group and your circle means. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why athletes related to it, especially you know ones that that didn't come from a lot of money. Um, where some of their friends didn't have the opportunities. But did you have uh, guys who really try to hang on you at all that, that try to take or any of that uh, stuff? Not really take. I mean, I think you got guys that uh, you know they're the guy in the group that's like uh, they're bringing up the great ideas, but they know you're kind of going to write the bill for it. You know, like, <laughs> hey, uh, the bill's going to go to him, but hey, don't you think it'd be great if we all went to Top Golf today? Or, you know, don't you think we ought to travel to Florida and go get a beach house somewhere? And it's like, like you Andrew, know. We're thinking, of, what do you think about car washes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we open a couple of car washes. <laughs> You front it. I'll run it. Yeah, you, obviously you got. It'd be great for you. It'd be fantastic <laughs> for you. Yeah, I, I get that all the time with guys on the team. You know, it's like young guy will come to me like, "Hey man, a buddy of mine has got a great <laughs> idea for something I can fund." You know, and I'm like, "All right, hold, well, hold on. Like, you know, are you paying for it all? Who, who's working there? You know, that's that's just constant. I think as an athlete, I think that's how it goes. You got all your buddies that hang around, and it's going to happen. And do the friendships on the team really form, or is it? kind of professional so everybody's kind of doing their own thing after it do you really have kind of that camaraderie after the games that you have you know that college high school kind of teammates thing or is it I real think different? it's a little different in pro football because it's so position specific because like you know what's so different in, in high school and college you're always kind of a team and then the nfl like i rarely ever sit in a room with the quarterbacks the receivers or the running backs or hardly the tight ends i mean you're only with the offensive line meeting all day, do, installing all day. And the only time you see people is when you go to practice. And and so you're really out there just practicing. There's not much conversation. So really, uh, to me, it's more those groups are really kind of position specific. Like we always joke, like, the, you know, the D line's going to be, you know, in West Hollywood at this restaurant. And the O line's like over here at this one, you know, and it's it's like we're all out, but like nobody even knows where we are and what we're doing, but we're just in our little groups. Right. That's funny. I mean, I always thought, I always wondered if there was like when a team, which I'm sure you've been on one last year you know I, I don't know both sides were pretty good but is is there does there that resentment come in when like the defense isn't working or the offense isn't i don't mean trying Can this but, guy hold on to the fucking ball for once yeah what? there's plenty of that right like oh man you can't get that foul right there you know and then you're like crap i hope i'm not mic'd up but uh yeah you start ripping a guy on the sideline and realize like for a quick second there you were a fan and you're hoping that one of those boom mics is not right over your head but yeah i mean i think that definitely that happens you look at some of the teams i think that like struggle or bad teams that's a huge deal right because most bad teams there probably is one side of the ball that's way better than the other 
other. And it just creates a really bad culture because they kind of feel like they're doing all the work and the other groups why they're losing. And so that kind of culture can be tough. And I think it it creates uh, animosity amongst the group. Can you pick up one first down and give me a break? How hard is it to go 10 yards? It's it's just (laughs) 10 yards. But that's what I I, I mean, because that's what I find so mind boggling about Brady's story. However, anybody wants to kind of what the fuck is it? Is it him? I mean, I know in basketball, LeBron James can legitimately will a team to the championships pretty much every year. How can Brady do this? Or do you think he's, he's I think it's been similar. in the right spot? I think it's similar between both of them because from what I've understood and, and seen about both of them uh, in the sports world is that they're the kind of the guys that like pour into everybody that's on their team. And like, you know, it may be challenging them. It may be like encouraging them like to believe in themselves. And you think of kind of how you've heard LeBron's comments about certain teammates, like, man, this guy's got to start shooting or he's got to start doing things. And that's really him just trying to create confidence in those guys to believe in themselves. And I think he he makes all the people around him better. And I think that what Tom Brady does is you look at his stories from like Antonio Brown staying with him in Tampa to, you know, Leonard Fournette and, and some of the guys there and really the bad relationship that seemed like him and Ryan Jensen had at first when he was getting personal fouls and it's like he was like mad at him earlier in the season it's like he kind of just grows these relationships up makes these guys start to understand around him what he's there for and they start to kind of elevate their play just to just to represent for him in a better way and I think LeBron and him are very similar and, and that's what makes them so special is it's not how good they are it's the fact that they're really good, but they somehow just make everyone everyone around them better. Well, he's almost like a GM, too, because I was actually going to ask you about Antonio Brown, because when I just thought Brady I mean, says, I got that I can control him. I mean, honestly, I really me. thought he was out of his fucking mind. And I, and I really have never doubted Brady, but I was like, it seems nuts to bring this guy into any situation anymore. He seemed like he was just completely unstable and he seemed to not have any problems in Tampa, right? There was nothing that went on. No, right? he's great. He, he caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he, he really did. He got better and better as the year went on, and, and really, you know, outside of for, right before he got hurt, he was really coming on and playing great for him. And I, I think Tom just has that knack where he can just make guys realize that his he has their best interests at heart, and I think that's really tough in sports because guys are just taught so much to put up a wall and like, hey, man, protect yourself and yourself only. And I think Tom somehow is able to break through that wall with guys and just uh, – get them to trust him. And I think that uh, he's really special at it. And we can all just stop worrying about when it's going to be over and just wait for him to tell us because yeah. that's how he is. I heard Terry Bradshaw in an interview and somebody, you know, has made some kind of a comment about him not being an elite quarterback. And Terry Bradshaw said, I won three. Uh, wait, Super who's Bowls. not an elite quarterback Bradshaw? that Terry Bradshaw was not an elite quarterback. And he mm-hmm. said, I won through three Super Bowls with no earpiece and a bunch of guys that didn't get penalties for trying to kill me. The game has changed so much. Yeah. The, the rules are set up to protect the quarterback. That's clearly extended Tom's career to a certain extent, right? And the oh, there's 80s. no question. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, I, like when people say, well, why wouldn't Tom keep going? I mean, if I played a position where no one was allowed to touch me anymore, Literally. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a whole lot easier. So it, it is. You you know, people keep going like, well, why is Breeze? Why is, you know, even Phillip to some extent? And, and Tom, all these guys play into this age. Well, no one can touch them. I mean, if you if you hit them in the face, it's a penalty. If you hit them a little late, it's a penalty. Yeah. If you hit them below the waist, it's a penalty. Like <laughs> it's kind of more remarkable that you're playing at this age. It's nuts. I mean, right. those no, guys. It's true, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, he's playing in a much tougher position. Where you know, right? Physically. Yeah, contact's yeah. happening no matter what, whether I want it or <laughs> yeah. not. So they're allowed to hit you, Andrew. Who's yeah. the toughest guy you ever you ever blocked? Who was who was the hardest guy? 
I think, you know what, uh, I got to give credit to all the different guys that uh, through kind of the, the different years that I've played, but probably as a young player, it's definitely Dwight Franey. I mean, Dwight Franey oh, was, uh, I mean, I never forget my rookie year. I, I uh, took over the left tackle spot, probably the third game in the season. Our left tackle got injured and I was playing, you know, playing guys. I'm playing great. Like they're giving me all this praise for playing well as a rookie. And then you get to like, you know, nut crunch time, right? It's the last three weeks of the season. We got to win one of these games, go to the playoffs. And we're playing in Indy against Peyton and the Colts, the Super Bowl year for them in 06. And we're, it's Monday night football. And I, I get to the game and our right tackle, Willie Anderson, is going to eventually be a Hall of Famer. We go out for pregame warmups and, you know, the whole plan's like, hey, help the rookie. He's got Franey all night. You're going to be fine. <laughs> pregame warmups, I'm coming back in the locker room and I'm like, where's Big Willie? And they're like, ah, oh, Big Willie's toe. Uh, he injured his toe in pregame <laughs> warmups. Toe. He's oh. out for the game. I'm like, oh, oh, what? And so they're like, yeah, we're going to have to slide right and <laughs> take care of the guy who's got to play there. So you got Franey tonight. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow. oh, no. And uh, it was an oh, no night for me. Uh, it was was uh, it a bad night? Oh, man. It was rough. I was holding on for dear life. I mean, if I held and got a penalty, I was happy. Yeah, you know, it was like he didn't hit the quarterback, so I'm excited. And was there a moment where you were like, fuck, am I just not good enough to do this? Or this guy is just on a different level than I've ever seen? You just start to realize, I think as a young player coming in the league, you, you know, and I'm sure it's the same way in every sport, you start to realize why this guy is like who he is. And you're like, all right, you know, like I see this is a grown man at this time. And I'm a young rookie and trying to figure it out. This guy's a grown man. He's got a plan. He probably like trains exactly how he plays every offseason. Like this dude, everything he does is about winning uh, at his position and making money. And, and that's when you start to realize what a business it is. And so I think for me, that was my first baptism by fire night and realized like, all right, uh, you know what? You, you got stuff to work on. You know, you're young, you're playing well, uh, but uh, get off the high pedestal and realize that uh, there's a lot of work to play this position and play it well for a long time. And I think also, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but you're such a thought guy that lineman it's like a smart position this is not like a dummy playing this position you have to no no i mean you know i, th I think for us uh linemen we're, we're probably more the e of the group you know right. like we're uh <laughs> yeah. you know we're we I, I joked when i got here i was like 40 uh, 20 minutes early and i was like hey i'm an offensive lineman we're, we're early to everything so <laughs> by the way dylan's late to everything yeah. so what position does that make him linebacker he's wide receiver yeah, probably a linebacker <laughs> wide lineman receiver. i don't know you know or skill skill guy but uh you know it's like those guys it's like they know once they get the ball in their hand they, they're gonna go score so they don't care whether they're on time or late or right. when they're there right you know so you know for a lineman though we got to be early i mean we got to be early because if it's food we want like the food at the beginning because we're gonna eat it all at the first place and if it's a meeting you know we want a specific chair because we're big and uncomfortable and so we want to pick our chair <laughs> You know, there's plenty of reasons that for linemen, we're always on time. We're always doing it right. So, yeah, I mean, you're one of those guys when you're a lineman, uh, you, you, you kind of uh, we're the goody two shoes of the group of the of the team, I guess, if you'd say it anyway. What's your pregame ritual like? Do you turn your phone off in the morning? Do you what's your what's your <sighs> you know, morning like of a game? This is going to be a bad representation of the O-line group that I just told you about. But I am actually, uh, you know, I don't do pregame warm ups. I don't do any of that. I uh, actually sit in my locker like in some shorts and just, I kind of form myself like a recliner basically. And I just sit there and I tell the equipment, I mean, the training staff, like basically, Hey, tell me when I got like 20 minutes and I'll throw all my stuff on and I'll be out there. And so, uh, I like to relax, you know, it's like when you were young, you're like panicky. You're like, you want to sweat, you want to move. Like, I just want to hit something, you know, now it's like, look, my body doesn't want to hit anything until it's getting paid to do it. So, uh, I sit in the locker room, I relax and just kind of calm myself down. And, uh, you know, I put on the pads at the last second. I want to create that energy of like being a little bit, like I always tell them, I'm like, if I'm, 
five minutes ready too soon, I'm upset because I kind of want to be like flustered, like, oh man, I'm not going to be ready in time. I'm not going to make it out when we run out the tunnel, you know? And it's, it's like, so I kind of want to have that feeling right before I go out the tunnel. And that's my energy. That's, that's like, all right, I'm ready to go now. And what about emotional? Do you bring anger onto that field? Do oh, you yeah. I mean, you play our position, you, you better. So, uh, you know, you, uh, you're either going to give it or take it, one of the two. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously. And I think that's part of it. I think at my age, it's like, you know, I don't want to go waste a bunch of energy an hour, two hours. Some of these guys go out two and a half hours for the game and are just sweating their butts off. And I, I like, at my age, it's like, man, I know it's not as easy to do that, like to get your energy up and keep it up for a really long time. So, I really just try to like, uh, you know, I joke around, but that's really just more my process of like calming myself down as much as I can. And then I'm going to use all that energy the moment we go out the tunnel for those three and a half hours. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, that's the toughest part. I mean, at this point in your age is the energy and the adrenaline uh, takes away a lot of the joint pain and, and everything else. That's for sure. Doug, with all your anger, you'd be a great lineman if we could beef yeah. you up a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to beef up, by the way. I can't I can't put on weight no matter what I do. I don't know. What is what do you do? I don't have that problem. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I can't help you Eat there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I keep eating and eating. It? I just I mean, don't the guy do eats it. like tomorrow's a rumor. I I, it's amazing he's not four hundred pounds. Yeah. So anyway, let's 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 go off football field for a minute. We got a good mutual friend, Jennifer Birmingham Lee. And uh Listen, I don't want to embarrass you, but you do really do some amazing stuff off the field. And and Jen and Will Young Lee, who's her husband, who's on uh, star of the Good Doctor and a great actor, is on Altered Carbon also. But they told me, I mean, you know, they have they have a child, Cash, beautiful boy who who had some issues and um, had to go for surgery. And you you sent a plane for them. And yeah. I think that's, you know, Connolly's never even said an Uber for me. So um, <laughs> is that the kind of stuff you do for your friends? That's just... I don't want you dropping my rating, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, everyone can handle success and good times um, differently. But, you know, I think that it's pretty similar. I think that who you are in adversity and, and who you are for people when they need you is, is one of the greatest things that reveals your true character and who you are as a person. And so... Uh, for me, it's just one of those things that um, there's nothing in life that's more valuable to me than letting people know I'm there for them when they need me. And so when I really heard what was going on with them and, and with Cash, um, I mean, anybody meets Cash, there's nothing you wouldn't do for him. I mean, yeah. he's such a sweet kid. And, uh, you know, I just was like, look, I want I want to find a way to take stress off of you. You know, I mean, in very similar situations when we had the fires out, you know, out here a couple of years ago and then the shooting out there in our area in Thousand Oaks is kind of the same thing. The thing I kind of told our guys was, is I think a lot of times we get caught up like waiting for like, hey, you know, what's the perfect thing I can do for somebody or what's the perfect thing I can do in this situation? And it's like, man, just do something like whatever it is that you feel like, hey, this is your response. Like you do it. You'll feel better about the fact that you just just got off your butt and like you're like, hey, I just went and did something. If it's just like going and like standing beside whoever it is that's hurting and be like, hey, I'll be right here if you want to hug or whatever it is. You'll just feel better about yourself and you'll never regret doing something. You'll never look back and go, man, I'm mad that I helped out. Right. You know, and so to me, it's like that's how that situation was. It's like, you know what, they needed help. What's something I can do to take stress off of them? Um, you know what, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get up to Stanford for the surgery. And I was like, you know what, hey, listen, y'all start worried about that. You worry about cash and whatever you need to do with the doctors and and uh, I'll take that off your plate. But you do a lot of this. You do a that's lot amazing. of do a lot of charity. Some I'm sure that oh, we yeah. don't know about some we do hear about. What What's the most important ones to you? Well, you know, this past years, the last couple of years in L.A., I've had a chance. I've been building uh, some STEM labs in L.A. schools, um, trying to create some opportunity to to help some of these schools that really are, are in a tough situation economically in their area. And 
uh, just create learning ops and, and cool opportunities for kids in those schools. And and then uh, one of the ones I've been having the most fun with the last couple of years is actually funny enough from my son, Michael. I have four kids and uh, Michael's kind of our middle child and we have twins that are above him and a, and a baby girl behind him. And so he we go to this uh Two, two, three years ago, the Rams had a homeless walk, you know, down in, in L.A. And so we go and do the walk and we get done with the walk and, you know, we go on home. And I can tell, like, the kids got all these questions about homelessness and how that works and, and why people are homeless and all that. And, like, two months later, we're at a, my other son's soccer game and I get in the car and Michael's like, Dad, I figured out how we can fix homelessness. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> you know, you know, kid conversations are always great, right? I'm thinking this is about to be something just outlandish. And so we're riding in the car, and he's like, I figured it out, Dad. He's like, you know what? We're getting really close to Christmas. He goes, all we have to do is go give all of them a piece of paper and a pen, and they can write a Christmas wish list to Santa, and he'll take care of them. And so I'm just like, wow. Like, you know, it's like in my mind, he thinks, you know, like Santa will get all these people whatever it is they want. So if he just write, they write it on a list, like, that'll be, they'll be fixed. And so it kind of gave me the idea. I was like, Mike, do you want to do that for Christmas? So we've done this the last few years. What we do, we take all the homeless shelters uh, that we can in LA, we combine them and we do like, Hey, look, we send them deal. It says basically like all your kids make a wish list, and then we'll do it like pre COVID. We do a huge dinner and go down and like the kids that come with me and we'll go to the homeless shelters and like, we'll present all the families with gifts, you know, give all the family gifts cards, um, to like the grocery stores, different things to the adults and give all the kids individual gifts on their wish list. And this past year with COVID, we had to go like to a trailer park basically of where they had had some homeless families staying in these trailers for, for a time being. And we got to go knock on their trailer, you know, obviously had to be like mask and kind of stay away, but the kids would get to set the gifts on their trailer door, um, for the kids and that kind of stuff. And to me, that's just been one of the most rewarding, just cool, like just hearing people's hearts and how much it means to them. It's amazing. It all came from him and it's, uh, it's been awesome. It's been really cool. We, we've enjoyed it. And that's something I think as a family, we're going to try and keep going forever. That's great. And how, how big are these kids, by the way? Uh, you know, my, my, uh, they're uh, 10, 10, 9, well, about to be 9 in, in, a, in a week, and then uh, 6. And they are, uh, yeah, you'd imagine they, they wear, you know, three or four sizes up. All of them are tall. <laughs> so I don't know where they get that from. But, uh, yeah, they're all big kids. But, they're, you know what, they're, uh, they're a blast, man. They're a lot and of what fun. Do you, you know, think Dylan of- shot a great round of golf this Christmas, right? Kev, what would you shoot? What were you, uh, 4 or 5? <laughs> Christmas? That was a joke, bro. Was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was a joke was about that? your lack of philanthropy around the holidays. Jeez. <laughs> Just crush city I in wasn't, here, man. I wasn't. I didn't come with like bashing material. I should have. I would do any. I'll help. Yeah, anything you. I could any way I could help. I let me know. It, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, I would that really love is to do amazing it. that you do that. I stuff, love it. Man. These guys came to a, an event. I used to work with the Chrysalis. Uh, I don't know if you know them, but Chrysalis. They, yeah, you know, better. Great I used to work with. I used to work with Chrysalis, but they help homeless. Uh, they help homeless people. <laughs> He's such a jerk. <laughs> You, th- you, you threw really me so off with band. your, your, really your golf joke. Well. I didn't even know what the fuck you were talking about. I was so <laughs> like, what is he talking about? But um, anyway, they help homeless people get back on their feet and get them jobs. And it's it's really uh, it's it really great. is That's a awesome. great organization. Yeah. Yeah, they get cool. you they get you a suit. They they prep you for for oh, job awesome. interviews. It's 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 a really good. But really Connolly made me forget where, where where I was going with that. But I did want to before we shut. Nothing about you being else. awesome. I'm sure. No, nothing about me being <laughs> awesome. I'm going to volunteer. Both of your services for any yeah, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, Thank you. No, no, by the way, I'm dead it. serious. I'm dead serious too. Yeah. You say it, and we we'll will do be it. There. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. So, what do you think? How many more years? 
Oh, man. Keep uh, going, bro. Just keep going. You know, Wayne Gretzky it. told me one time, I was actually, when I moved out here to L.A., you know, you get an opportunity, obviously, to meet all kinds of cool people, and we live out in the Sherwood area, and so I go out and get invited out to play golf, and <laughs> I meet Wayne Gretzky, and um, he tells me, he like he kind of knew about my career and stuff, and he's like, man, the only thing I tell you is, he's like, it's the greatest thing you'll ever get to do, and he's like, make him rip the jersey off of you. Yeah, and, wow, um, is that what he said? Great. Yeah, he's, and so I was like, you know what? He's probably right. Like, you yeah. know what? And especially now, like the game's changed so much. Like, really, the toughest part of the game is just the football games. Whereas before, like these guys that you see talking about back in the day and, and the injuries and how much football's done to them, it really had to do with the fact they used to do. 10 week training camps two a days and just beat the snot out of each other i mean that was really when people got injured most guys retired because they didn't want to have to go through training camp not football season right and now those things have changed and we've been able to get a lot of that stuff changed through the cba and everything else and so you know yeah i mean it's one of those things that i'm not gonna lie it's it's uh it's way less strenuous than when i got in the nfl to play now than it is right now and so i i i I, i'm I'm looking forward to trying to play as long as the body holds up and and uh i can keep rolling the first time that you can remember you go up to the line and you look and you see ray lewis lined up coming right at you was he a guy that you just go, holy shit, who is this guy? What was, who else jumps out at you? What, yeah, what, what obviously, you- because I think with Ray, it's like one of those things when I was in high school, I'm watching Ray Lewis, you know, win a Super Bowl going into my freshman year in college. So I thought Ray Lewis was like, you know, a, you know, just a semi-god, you know, it's like, oh my God, that's Ray Lewis. And so the first time you line up, obviously playing in for the Cincinnati Bengals, they're in our division. So we play them twice a year. And the first time you line up and just look across the line and it's like Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis and Bart Scott and Ed Reed. And, you know, you're just looking around like, oh, my gosh, like (laughs) these dudes were all on Madden when I was playing. (laughs) So you just have that feeling, you know, and you almost have to get over that. It's I'll never forget my first my first preseason game. We played the Packers at home and and Brett Favre was the quarterback. And I I mean, I'm just like the whole time. I'm like, I'm not even paying attention to the coach who's trying to show me what their defense they're playing. (laughs) I'm like, dude, that's Brett Favre. (laughs) but it's uh it it is you kind of have to get used to that at first like oh man like stop worrying about like how cool it is and just play well conley why don't you tell why don't you tell andrew what you told uh, aaron Rodgers at the espies i listen i i was curious about first of all i didn't recognize him he was he was playing behind brett Favre, and i just asked him if it was cold in green bay and if you have to get hit once to kind of get the blood pumping. And he said, well, uh, you know, I don't really play a lot. So, and I was like, ah, well, you know, you'll get there, bro. Yeah, I mean, you'll I, make it one day, buddy. Him, I was giving him the pep talk. I mean, it was humiliating because years later he was like, hey, remember the first time we met? I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Aaron would be the one that would remember the conversation. Oh, he think remembered about it. 100%. Great, great detail. All right. Last question. Is there a guy? Why, why do you decide with Maybe well, no, we have more. It's my last that, question. Man, he announced it. Oh, okay. I mean, it's unfucking I've been asking real. good questions, bro. I've been asking good questions. <laughs> Is there a young guy that you see now as you as you come towards the end of your career in that backfield on the other side of the ball where you're like, wow, this guy's got that look in his eye, Ray Lewis or some of these other guys? Are there any young guys? Well, unfortunately, yeah, Aaron Donald. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, he'd be a guy I'm gonna have to play twice a year if I come back, and that's uh, Nick Bosa. He's uh, yeah. he's a special football player, man. Unfortunately, he got hurt this past year. You know, in the second game, I think it was with an ACL injury. But he's uh, he's a rare talent. I w- I would say that. You know, we'll see what he does with his career, but he he rushes a lot in the sense of of what you see in a guy like Aaron Donald. As I say that, um, you know, there's certain rushers that have styles or how they rush or how they do things, but then there's other guys where it's like, man, just no matter what, 
they're always heading towards the quarterback. Like it's like the guy's blocking them or or they're kind of in front of them, but they're just always like almost at the quarterback, no matter what the guy does, that's good or bad. And he's one of those guys. And AD is obviously one of those people. And so, and has done it for quite a while now, but yeah, Nick Bosa is going to be a really special one. I would yeah. Imagine. He's going to Seattle. So you won't have to worry about that. And the Russell Wilson traded the jets. Go ahead. What we say, Doug? <laughs> Kylie, <laughs> Kylie is breaking. I didn't know you were the news. key to Aaron Rodgers success. I can't wait <laughs> to way, tell people that story. It's funny that you brought up uh, playing Sherwood with Gretzky. The first time I ever played on a golf course was Sherwood with Gretzky with these guys. And Connolly, who was torturing me the whole time. I mean, I went out. And I, assaulted me. I had George Gankus. Do you know George at all? Oh, yeah. So I had George, like, give me a lesson. He's like, oh, boy. Connolly's going to make fun of me, by the way. But he's like, you got a good natural swing. <laughs> you should be okay. I'm losing fucking ball. And now you think you got to understand. Oh, gorgeous. Like, we grew up. Hockey was like our sport Gretzky was our idol. So I go out there. I'm like, you know, Mr. Gretzky, whatever. And he's, well, I'm, I'm in my backswing. He's like, don't let the, uh, the Stanley cup rings, like make you nervous or whatever. But Connolly put one in from 130 yards out with Wayne pulling out the fucking flag, which was miserable. For I was me. seeing the ball well that day. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well it's day. never happened since. Has it happened again? Not quite. Listen, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, you know, where Doug and I are big hockey guys. Like Wayne Gretzky is my, the ultimate idol of all idols. So just to be out there with him was amazing. So yeah, I, I tell you one of the best parts about going out there with them. And, and uh, I've gotten a chance to join the club now since we live out that way. And, and watching the intimidation he puts on guys on the first <laughs> tee box is unbelievable. Like he'll just drive by in his cart and some guys are hitting a golf, you know, about to tee off. <laughs> and he's always got a one liner or like just a shot that he takes. Yeah. And then like, they can't even touch the ball. You know, so you watch him hit after that, and they're all just so rattled. His <laughs> ability to do that. Back guy too. I know. And it's, it's like, just, it just, it's like a little subtle, like it's, <laughs> it's such a little subtle comment. And you're like, oh man, the great one just said, you know, that my pants look funny, you know, and like you can't hit the ball, you know, it's like you can't even swing anymore. So funny. So what else guys, what do you got for Andrew, Kevin? Uh, you're running out of questions. Big fan. Yeah. I mean, this, this, yeah, this was great. Um, we look forward to you. I don't know. I'd love to see the Rams get one. I mean, I, I was a golf fan, so it's sad to see him go. I, and I don't know that they made the right decision. I really don't. I definitely I don't Goff, have the answer. I love his but, toughness, too. I mean, golf with the broken thumb or whatever he had going on. I, I don't have the answer. We're going to find out. Stafford's never won. Well, if but, Kevin talks to him, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell, him to, tell him to keep his head up. Uh, yeah, you'll be okay. And I think you touched on a little about the business end of it. I mean, the guy's got a very big contract. Uh, you know, people, a lot of people got a lot worse than Jared Goff. No, yeah. Hey, look, I had a buddy t- actually after the deal, I'm struggling a little bit with the whole thing and just thinking about, you know, not just for him, but just in general, what, you know, the business side of things, you start thinking about it. I had a buddy that reached out the other day and he was like, Hey man, uh, you know, I, I, work at a you know large company here in LA and he's like we fired a guy last week we gave him a twenty thousand dollar check and said thanks right. you know That's and he's like this man. kid's you know he's getting thirty million a yeah. year yeah. he'll be okay you, you can find a house a in Detroit for, for that you know Goff. I'm like yeah you know yeah. what you know what I love the kid and I feel bad for him but uh, yeah you're right he's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be but just he's fine real, he still right. has a really nice house but we all <laughs> exactly. listen we all know obviously everyone wants money but when you get to a certain level you you want to win and you yep. want to win with the team that you came up with and I think. Again, I hope you guys win, but obviously I don't think Jared Goff would be thrilled to watch the Rams win the Super Bowl next year while he's in Detroit. But, you know, no, you know it's, it's, it's a weird world, right? In the NFL, like you kind of root for your buddies, but you're pissed at the team. So right. it's like, he's yeah. like, you know, we've had this conversation already. He's like, you know, I'm like, 
you know, it's like you want, like, I don't know when I left Cincinnati and they didn't sign me back, you know, four years ago. It's like, dumb move, Bengals. Hey, I love all these guys, but I hope you guys lose every time you play. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's right. just a mixed feeling, right? Right. All right. Well, this was fucking great. I mean, it was, uh, it yeah. was really, I appreciate you coming in. This is our first, like, off, uh, I don't even know what, but I love it. And, uh, we wish you the best of luck this year and great stuff with all the charities you're doing. Hopefully, Dylan will do some of them this year. Um, I will. I'm going to get these guys 100%. out here. We're going to do it. Yeah, and yeah, I got to get sure. Kevin to give me some career advice, let's, apparently. Let's do a, let's do a charity together. golf event. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm down That's for that. a lot to put together, Dylan. You don't have the bandwidth for that. Are you kidding? That's a lot. That's a lot. That's why we got you, businessman. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think Dylan was just suggesting they go play in a charity golf tournament. You don't want to run no, it. No, I, I want to ha- attach my name to it. Really? And have someone else run it. Somebody else do the work. Exactly. We'll show up. And Dylan exactly. Invitational sounds like a blast, bro. You'd get a huge turnout, Kev. Oh, it'd be great. I'm in. Yeah. There we go. Let's All do right. It. Well, Victory let's Golf do it. Tournament. Victory We're doing Golf it. Tournament. Victory, the Golf Tournament. I love there we it. Go. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for coming in. Stay healthy, and uh, we hope hope it's a great season upcoming. We will be yeah. rooting for you. Yes, hey, I appreciate it so much. Huge fan, so I'm happy to be here. Thanks, thanks man. Bro. And that wraps up another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen, and... You're Kevin I'm Dillon. Kevin Dillon. <laughs> Kevin Dillon official. And I am uh, Kevin Connolly. Go ahead, Dillon. Give it to him. Big three. <laughs> 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 <laughs>